South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. And this is exactly why I didn't want any receipts out there for any Boston Celtics fans to have out there to use at their advantage to destroy us with. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the StadiumScene.tv network, and we are coming to you pretty much after game one of round two. There's about three and a half minutes left, and this was one to forget. And joining me to maybe help forget it or maybe bring the heat it's Connor Chambers of Toronto Sports Views. Bro, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Um, you know I'm always bringing the heat. Like, there's <laughs> no... I, I, we, there's going to be a lot of things we're remembering after today's game. I'll tell you that. I am I am bringing fuego in this episode. You know, it, it's coming. It's coming. I know y'all want to hear it, too. It's coming. Don't worry about it. It's... uh, Look, we were talking before the show in uh, text chats and whatnot. And you said you weren't worried, and that's not me trying to call you out or anything or trying to put you on blast. (laughs) Um, It's just I I wasn't walking in with the level of confidence that I've seen a lot of Toronto Raptors fans walk in. And I understand that the excitement's there. I understand that this is um, an unprecedented time, and this is a series that we've been waiting for with the Boston Celtics. But uh, I just knew that the Celtics team has been pretty deadly. Um, at least the shutting lineup. I still believe their bench is trash, and they pretty much demonstrated that tonight. Um, but I'm not taking anything away from them. They played outstanding, and uh, you know a lot of people want to blame the refs for this game. Uh, bottom line is Raptors got outplayed, plain and simple. Yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, look, after the end of the game, all you can really do is just sit back and crack a cold one. That's a Guinness, by the way. If you're like, what is that weird noise? Yep. There you go. It's all like foamy and shit. Yeah, yeah. that's because it's a it's Guinness and a can. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. It's beautiful. Gotta love it. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I just got some text messages from my wife uh, saying that uh, my daughter is pissed that the Raptors lost, so she threw some chips on the floor, and she's too. I love it. So there you I go. I love it. She's <laughs> she's a, she's already she's already a diehard Raps fan. You've yeah. you've taught her well, Adam. She knows. Um, look, here's the thing. Uh. The Raptors got outplayed. I I do agree, but um, I will also say that the ra- that the refs were on the same level of dookiness as the Raptors. Like the refs, the refs doing the way that they set the tone in this game, I feel really upset the Raptors' rhythm. And I'm not trying to excuse the play of the Raptors because at the end of the day, it's a four quarter game. And to be honest, for 85 percent of the time, the the Celtics were the better team. Hmm. Uh, the Raptors had the stretches of like. They had a 5 nothing run, a 7 nothing run, or whatever. But then, other than that, that was it. So, uh, 90% of the time, the Raptors, the Celtics were a better team. But I don't think it helped that the that the refs kind of gave them or, or had that momentum killer kind of in the first quarter where every single play was a whistle and like you couldn't you couldn't defend anybody, you couldn't breathe on anybody. That was like, what the fuck is that? Hey, hold on, pause for a second. Fuck that. Like, are you are you serious with the refereeing right now? Like y'all go off on a break and then you come back and now every single thing is a foul. Like this is playoff basketball. If this was preseason, I get it. Cause you're trying to tell guys like, look, this is what could be in the regular season. We're going to try to help you. We're going to call more fouls and like try to get you accustomed into it. No, man, like playoffs, you got to put the whistle away. 
Fuck that shit. Kick him out of the bubble. I'm sick of, I'm sick of, I don't even know. I think Ed Malloy was in them. Garbage. He's trash. Out. Bye-bye, Ed Malloy. But still, at the end of the day, the Raptors didn't deserve to win this game. I will not pin it on the refs. They didn't do us any favors. I feel you, dude. And look, I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter about how the refs with the terrible officiating in the first quarter set the tone for the rest of the game. I'm sorry. I can't buy that. This is a team that comes behind, uh, comes from behind uh, when it comes to deficits notoriously. Mm -hmm. This is a team that has battled and clawed their way back out of games where the refs were fair, right? And the the team was just outplaying them in the beginning. Um, I didn't see that today from the Raptors. I didn't see that same sort of fight. Um, And I'm not going to be the one here today to uh, try to grasp at straws because I do think this is straw grasping when mm-hmm. someone says, you know, they're they're distracted because of the social justice movement. They're distracted because of the Black Lives Matter movement. To me, not only is that sort of, I don't know, I find that to be a little disrespectful. It's it's kind of grasping at straws. I don't, it, it, all the teams are dealing with the same sort of issues, right? And Jalen Brown was at the head of this from the get-go with Raptors players too. So if Jalen Brown's head can be in the game, we should expect that other Raptors players that are involved in this, like Norman Powell and Fred Van Vliet, their head to be in the game as well. So I'm not I'm not even going to entertain that excuse. I think that's bogus. Um, if people want to latch on to that, you can. I don't think it's it's it measures up. I don't think it holds any weight. I just think it's simple, and, and usually the simple explanation is the one that rings true. The Raptors just got outplayed. Um, yeah. They were sloppy on offense. There was a lot of possessions, so many possessions in which they were taking contested shots. Uh, they weren't planting their feet. They weren't getting set up. Um, Serge Ibaka pump faking to his defender while he's six feet away. There's no, it wasn't even running towards him. There's no reason to pump fake. Shoot in rhythm. There were times mm-hmm. where Serge Ibaka got the ball with his defender far away and he just sat there. Shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. What, what are we doing? It, it, Fred Van Vliet putting up contested threes. Kyle Lowry putting up contested threes. Kyle Lowry throwing the ball away on more than one occasion. Um, Marcus Hall playing very lackadaisical, very lackadaisical, with the exception of the start of the third quarter, which he was fed a little bit and tried to take advantage of the matchup against Tice. Um, Siakam is the one I want to focus on the most. Just didn't show up, man. He just wasn't there, and he got he looked shook to begin with. It was maybe the first two possessions he looked pretty good, and I said, okay, maybe this can be a Siakam game. Otherwise, he was shook. He, I feel like his head wasn't in the game. Um, he might have been victim to the officiating if we're going to give it to anybody here and grant that sort of leeway to anybody. Siakam definitely was responding poorly to that. You just got to pick yourself back up and go, man. And when you're a, a max-level contract player and you're a starter in the All-Star game, I expect production. He just didn't bring it today. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> that's that's very fair. Here's the thing. Siakam, I know you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> I know you're tuning in, so just if you're going to listen to anything after what Adam said, just tune in, me and you, and Adam. We're in, we're in a little group chat together here, okay? Shut the hell up. <laughs> Shut up. You are getting into this poor routine of every time the whistle's not blown in your favor, you are rattled. Look, I get it if there's some egregious calls, like what happened um, with the three-point attempt, that was it was clearly not a foul, and I still don't know how that wasn't reversed. I, I, I that was so egregious. I don't even understand. Do you want to know the explanation for it? The the explanation that I heard was that he didn't uh, give Jalen Brown the space to land. Yes, 
that's what they had said on the broadcast. Yes. Well, it's hard. It's hard to see that on the camera angles that they had. Like, I don't know because they were they were kind of just focused on the, on the actual hand. Right. Um, I, I I didn't see any angle in which he didn't allow him to land. So if that's the case, then then fine. But um, if there's going to be calls that are 50 50 and you're sitting there bitching about it, you've already lost. Mm. Like you're not going to gain the respect of referees by every single bucket attempt complaining at them that you're not getting the whistle the refs are gonna sit there and go i'm not giving you anything if you're gonna sit there and bitch about it so man there's gonna be times where it doesn't go your way pick yourself up and get back on the defensive end shut the hell up shut up because you're not doing yourself any favors you're not doing this team any favors you know kyle lowry has even learned over the course of his time to shut up and that's saying a lot he's still he's still yeah. in the ears a lot of times but you can tell he's toned it back like Look around you. I understand that you think that you deserve all-star calls because you've been an all-star. I get it. But, man, here, oh, they're replaying the, the thing. Jalen Brown didn't land it perfectly. Yes, I know, but he was in his space. He Fuck stepped that. forward. I'm, Look, I'm, I'm glad Anyways, you... Anyways, at, yeah, yeah, at, at, at the end of the day, man, like you have to understand that you're going to earn respect by playing hard. If you're playing through it and the, and the whistle doesn't go your way the odd time... That's fine. Just pick up, pick yourself back up and go back on the defensive end. Or if it's a defensive foul, just walk away, own it, go on the offensive end. Unless it's absolutely egregious, then I get it. But Nick Nurse is going to do that for you. Like Kyle Lowry will do that for you. Like, like they will, if, if they find it to be that level, they'll do it for you. You don't have to do it. Don't get into that poor routine because it's not going to do you any favors, especially in the playoffs. The refs are not going to take it. Just don't get quiet, please. You know, the game just concluded. Um, the Raptors lost this one, one twelve to ninety four. Um, I do think that uh, there. You touched on something when it comes to Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry does complain to the officials a lot, a yeah. lot, and it's something that is a pet peeve of mine when it comes to Kyle Lowry. But I just sort yeah. of learned to accept it because that's the kind of player he is. I think there's an active persuasion there that he's trying mm -hmm. to uh, utilize. Sometimes successful, sometimes not. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. this game it hasn't been, but yeah. you know, at the end of the day, when I look at the the fouls called, you can argue about the first quarter all you want, uh, and not just you, just people on Twitter. Uh, at the end of the yeah. day, the Raptors committed a total of twenty three fouls to the Celtics twenty two. So the disparity isn't huge, right? We can't right. blame this uh, totally on the referee. And again, I'm not buying the narrative that the first quarter was the dictating factor of the entire game. Um, yes, I do know that it sets a tone. I, I again, I'm, I feel like I'm running in circles. Mm -hmm. Yes, I understand right. that this this does set a tone for the Raptors, but coming out of halftime, right. there's no excuse for that, right? Absolutely. And, and we didn't. And to the refs' fairness, to refs' credit, rather, um, those type of calls weren't permeated throughout the the rest of the game. It was just a first yeah. quarter issue. Um, yeah. Here's why the Raptors lost. They shot 36 percent from the field. They oh, shot 25 percent from three. 25%, 10 for 40 from three, compared to the Celtics, 43%. Celtics shot 47% from the field, 81% from the line, whereas the Raptors shot 75%, okay? It, it, this, this can't happen, right? And, and even still, the, the Raptors, even though I said the ball movement was a little sloppy, they played lackadaisical, the Celtics still committed more turnovers than the Raptors here. 
The Celtics yeah. committed 22 turnovers to the Raptors' 14. And this has been something that we talked about in the previous pod and that this was a worry of mine for the Raptors, the turnovers. And, and they committed less than the Celtics, and they still got blown out. So it's it's not a matter of the referees. It's simply a matter of the Raptors gotten, getting outplayed in this game. That is the story. 100%. Here's the thing. You have to capitalize on the turnovers. The Celtics had 22 turnovers. Do you know how many points the Raptors got off those 22 turnovers? I want to say zero. Zero. Yeah. Zero! Zero points. <laughs> zero, 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 zero. Sam Mitchell throwing up zeros, okay? I, I just, I clued in he's on my screen. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, zero, 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 you know what I'm, but anyways, you, that can't happen. If there's 22 turnovers and you get zero points from them, you deserve to lose. You deserve to lose. You're not capitalizing on the mistakes of your opponent. Wake up. And I know we haven't touched on this. Nick Nurse deserves some flame here. And there's a reason why. And, 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 and I, I know that he can't play the game. His starters play like Dookie. I get it. You have to make the adjustments. You ran out a bench unit with Ibaka and Powell and Davis, and they they were they were torching it. They were outscoring the the uh, Celtics bench twenty to eight in the first quarter. They're the reason why you kind of came back, or, or in the second quarter, the reason why you kind of came back in to this game. In a, in a situation like this, when you bring the starters back. And they struggle again. I just didn't see the utilization from some of those other guys that I would have liked to. Where was Matt Thomas when you couldn't hit a three to save your life? He can't right? defend. He can't defend. I, I understand that. But the, here's the thing. If a guy sees another guy hitting a three, I think that they get a little bit more confident in their self to hit the three. Like, if the whole team's missing threes, if I'm playing on a squad where no one can shoot, no one's hitting a three, to me... I'm, I lose confidence not only in myself, but in my squad. But if I see a guy come in there and start hitting them like Matt Thomas, boom, boom, boom. It's like, okay, well, then maybe I can do that too. Like, I normally can. I'm just not right now. If he's hitting them, I should be able to as well. And I just I just feel like you put him in, you inject him for like a few minutes. Mm. And you take him out. And I understand he's not a great defender. I get that. But there has to be, somewhere along the line, there has to be a thing where the coach or the coaching staff or whoever recognizes that they can't hit a shot to save their life. Stop hitting threes. Start going interior because I believe I'm going to pull it up. Points in the paint, Toronto 42, Boston 32, right? Like they were, they were doing better interior in the interior game than Boston because Boston was just hitting their threes, which Toronto wasn't. If you make that adjustment, if you make plays to get inside, that's when Toronto started creeping up, when their guys were, were cutting, when they were um, when there was ball movement to get inside the three-point line. And then when they sat there on the three-point line, it was stagnant and nothing was happening. Right. So to me, that's when you see that and you go, more of this, more of this, more of this. Stop settling for threes that even though they're open, you're not hitting them. So why don't we create somewhere else? Attack, yeah. Attack, right? So that's where, to me, I found that if it, if it was echoed by the coaching staff, it wasn't heard by the players. And I don't know if it was or not, but judging from what I saw on the court, something, there was a level of disconnect there. So um, to me, I, I, can't, I can't let Nick, Nick Nurse fully off the hook here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to blame him for the loss, but I will, I will say that Brad Stevens outcoached Nick Nurse today. And that's kind of, that's, that's a, that's a 
rare for me to say that because I think Nick Nurse is a, is a much better coach than Brad Stevens, but he got a coach today. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything you you just mentioned should be disregarded. Of course, it, it most of it, if not all of it, is valid. Um, I, he's just the least of my concerns when it comes to the sure. level of, of blame. Um, I, would, I would put him last. Um, and honestly, I would put the refs just slightly before him. Right. <laughs> you know, it's right. a player's thing. Like when you look at the, this this lineup, the usual seven that they trot out. You know, the starting lineup plus Norman Ibaka. Mm-hmm. How many of which were in the uh, plus column? None, zero, zero. And I know we don't like to harp on plus minus a lot, and we we pick <laughs> on Patrick McCall for always McCall. being yeah. We pick on it, but I do think when it comes to this level of competition, it is noteworthy, right? And when you do get blown out the in the degree that we did this these stats and these plus minus figures do lend credence to something and again it's not the whole story but it does show a level of concern for how they're going to play moving forward it is indicative to how they play like this isn't the the orlando magic game one last year where uh, lowry was a plus whatever with zero points it's it's not like that this reflects how poorly they played with OG and Anobi a minus 20, 21, who, in my opinion, was the best offensive player on the court today for the Raptors. Yes, I agree. Um, I he agree. didn't seem rattled. He's the only one that I did not have a, a single issue with, and maybe to a lesser degree, Terrence Davis, who got very minimal minutes here. Hey, right? by the way, Terrence Davis, if we're not including the bench scrubs that came on for the last four minutes, he was the only guy plus, in the plus. Uh, in plus. Yes, and he played 13 minutes. So yep. I, I think plus it's substantial. Um, yeah. But OG, I feel like, was our best um, offensive producer. Uh, uh, Pascal Siakam, as we mentioned, was terrible with a minus 20. Marcus Gasol was sleeping with a minus 18. Kyle Lowry with a minus 5. Fred Van Vliet with a minus 28. That's horrendous. Norman Powell with a minus 5. Serge Ibaka with a minus 10. And as we mentioned, Terrence Davis with a plus 9. Um, this just can't happen again. And this gives me a level of concern that I wasn't anticipating, uh, you know, feeling heading into game two, I didn't really know who was going to win this game, and I was hard-pressed to say either the Celtics or the Raptors, which is why I wanted to, on our previous podcast episode, I just wanted a series. Um, because someone's going to lose game one. Someone's, and this doesn't necessarily mean that the rest, of the, the rest of the series is going to go this way. I by no means think the Raptors are going to get swept, but some legitimate adjustments mean, need to be made. And I don't know if this, this is a story of the Raptors being exposed of not having, and we, again, I've been hard-pressed to say this throughout the entire season up until this point, I wonder if they're exposed for not having a legitimate superstar on their team. Mm, I don't know. Here's the thing. The, the Raptors were getting open shots. It wasn't like the Raptors every, and, and, and I know we talked about the contested shots that you may mention too earlier in the podcast. But so a thought had come to my head when you were talking about that that I'm going to come back to around to now is that with all the contested shots that the Raptors had, they had so many open shots that they missed. True. Yes. This game could have been a lot different if they hit half of those open shots, right? Mm, yeah. You're not down. You're not down twenty. You're down eight. You're down six, and then it becomes more of a grind, uh, grinded out finish game. The Celtics probably. Like they maybe they still win. I don't know. I'm not going to say that the Raptors win. It would be they closer. Have their open shots. It would be a lot closer, and it would be a lot more competitive. Right. The Celtics. The Celtics played a near perfect game. Yeah. They're the the threes that they the threes that they hit were at a level that I honestly don't think that they will reach again in this series. Um, the Raptors played a near horrendous game 
first time in the playoffs under 100 points. Um, this just not something that we typically see from their offense. I think that the beauty about this Raptors team is that they're not reliant on one guy, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I and I and I think against a team like the Celtics, where um, you have a bit of that depth, this is why I kind of come back around to this. And and I I do agree that that Nick Nurse, on terms of the priorities list, is not as high as like a Siakam or whatever in, in terms of um, being critical or having more importance, but. I would like to have seen the bench depth a little bit more utilized because I find that that's where our strength is. That's where our strength lies. We have more different looks that we can send out there that we have a big lineup. We have a small lineup. We have, uh, we can go with, we can go three guards and, and, and two big men. Like if we really want to do that, there's a lot of different looks that we can do with this team. And I find, I found that we were using that before. And obviously with the playoffs rotation shrink, I completely understand that, but there are certain situations where you do need a guy to step in for three, four minutes, you know, what did, what did Dwayne Casey do with Jody Meeks? Every first quarter with the last minute left, he put in Jody Meeks. Like you just, you knew he was coming in and, um, it it would, it would really help this team if they had just different looks kind of coming out, but they have to hit their open shots. If they hit their open shots, they shot 25% from three. That's uncharacteristic of this team. They're one of the best three point shooting teams in the league to shoot 25% from from three and what was it 36 percent from the field yeah is arguably their worst game of the year even 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 worse than the massive blow loss that they had to the celtics that was like what 30 35 points i think that they played worse in this game yeah. and they were still around so look you can if you want to see glass half full perspective on this think about it this way celtics played a near perfect game the raptors played a near a near uh, rock bottom game. Like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm yeah. Trying, yeah, 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 near abysmal game. I was trying to find the word for it. But Let's like, just say the, the polar worst, opposite. The worst <laughs> yeah, yeah, the absolute polar opposite. And, you know, t- I, and I know I say to only be down by 20 points, and you're like, well, 20 points is a lot. Well, it is. But if a team is, if a team is way up here, if a team is at the very top and the other team is at the very bottom and the difference is only that much, just imagine what happens when the um when when it all levels out because regression guess what to the mean the day, yeah. yeah it's it's got to come back to the mean the regression in the means it's, it's got to that's just the 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 nature of of the law it's it's everything's got to regress back to what it to what the mean is and i think we'll see that in game two i'm hoping i just i just don't think that the celtics can play that level again and i don't think the raptors will play that level again so i'm really interested to see what happens after that that's all yeah i i'm look when it comes to the level of play that the Celtics had. Um, obviously, their superstar is Jason Tatum, and he's scary, and they did focus a lot on him, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning, and they did limit him to just, I think, two points in the first quarter. So, yeah. pretty good. But, you know, when you look at the fact that he tied the high score for a single player on the Celtics with Marcus Smart, you have mm-hmm. to question whether or not that strategy is going to hold. Um, I, I think right. that each of these players deserve equal attention in the starting lineup. But again, their bench does not scare me. I know no. uh, Robert Williams came in and, you know, committed some damage, but still, Ooh. yeah, I don't see that to be a <laughs> consistent thing. I really don't. Um, I'm glad that they recognize that he's better than Cantor because I was anticipating some Cantor minutes. But 
I don't anticipate him being a force to be reckoned with uh, game in and game out. So they're going to have to make adjustments. To Daniel Tice's credit, we shat on him last pot, or at least I did. He had a really, really solid game. He had 13 points and 15 rebounds. That's nothing to just scoff at. That That is pretty impressive, especially... Better than Marcus All. Yes, better than Marcus All and Serge Ibaka. Like, the fact that he was more efficient, um, he was a plus 10, right? That's pretty fucking good. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to see... I need to see more aggression from this team. I need to see smarter uh, decisions being made. And you're right, there was a lot of wide-open baskets that they didn't make that they should have and that they normally would. And again, I'm not looking for 100% efficiency here. I'm just looking for maybe matching the efficiency of the Celtics. I don't think 70-some-odd percent from three. I mean, that that is a lot. Sorry, 40-something mm-hmm. percent from three is a lot to ask. I don't. And, and this team is capable of doing it. So... um. Look, this just goes back to the to the bubble game against the Celtics back, I don't know when it was, in early August, when people were, Raptors fans were touting, oh, Nick Nurse holding things close to the vest. Where the fuck was that today, guys? Where were these things that Nick Nurse was holding to the vest today, guys? Because guess what? They weren't there, and this is exactly what I was telling you. That is a very, very nice coping mechanism to have to get over a loss against the Celtics in the bubble for a regular season game. I get it. I understand we're trying to find ways to make us, ourselves feel better about a loss, but if you were hoping for Nick Nurse to come out with some wizardry today, he didn't show it. And if this is a playoff game, you don't hold that for game one and win Wait to the rest of the, the playoff series to unleash this shit. I'm not saying he didn't learn anything from this game. I'm sure he did. But this goes back to that game where everyone was like, oh, Nick Nurse held things close to the vest. No, he fucking didn't. They got outplayed then and they got outplayed today. It's that simple. It is that simple. And just accept it. Just accept that your team got spanked and it's fine and they hopefully will regroup. By no means do I think the series is over. I still think the series is going seven. 100% I think the series is going seven. But don't tell me that Nick Nurse is holding shit close to the vest because today it proved that that theory, that coping mechanism that Raptors fans had was bullshit from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's no better way to put it. I mean, look, if you're gonna, if you're holding cards to your chest still. Why? That's, <laughs> why? There's, there's no point. You're in, you're in the playoffs. You got to show it. So, um, there's a lot that the Raptors coaching staff have to take back to the drawing board. I think the first thing is you get everyone into the into the gym and you say, here's a basketball. Here's the three point line. Hit some open fucking shots, please. Because like you, you got to hit open shots. I think that would have helped Nick Nurse a little bit. Like we take a look at some of the Raptors players here in terms of even just three pointers. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, two of 11 that's a lot that guy had some open threes mm-hmm. the guy two of 11 that, and that guy had i think i want to say four open threes that he missed if he hits three of those open threes it's a nine point swing okay um lowry was one of five if lowry hits one of the because he had a couple open threes yeah like two, one or two i, I was keeping a mental especially count. from the he corner hits one of those yeah if he hits one of those open threes that's 12 points total mm-hmm. uh siakam o of three and, Mar- and Marcus all O of three. If they hit one of those threes and go one of three instead of O of three, that is now 18 points, right? Like guy- guys just need to hit their open threes. If you break it down that way, and, that, and, and, and I don't think I'm asking for much. It's just numbers. It's just volume. And the fact is not every single one of those threes were contested. A lot of them were open. Yeah. So I'm not even taking into account field goals. I'm taking into account threes. 
you know, if Siakam makes one of those bunnies that he missed in the first quarter, that's another two points, right? He shouldn't have missed either of those bunnies. That could have been four points, right? It's it's these things that start to build up that are easy shots for these guys that we've seen them make consistently each and every single game this year. So that's why it's frustrating because it's like, where's the team that we watched? Yeah. We are so, and, and, and maybe spoiled to to a degree, like maybe we're, I consider it spoiled. We have seen these guys hit these shots. I know they can hit these shots. When they don't hit these shots, I get upset. <laughs> I, I sit there and I go, You're, you've got to be kidding me. Because like, we've seen, even in, even though Pascal's not a great perimeter shooter, we've seen him hit threes. We've seen Freddie shoot like 50% from three this year. Two of 11 is inexcusable for Fred Van Vliet. Um, we've seen Kyle Lowry hit some crazy threes, and he shouldn't be missing open threes. The guy's been in the three-point contest for, for years. He shouldn't be missing open threes, right? Uh, Gasol, we know he can hit a three. He shouldn't be missing three threes. Should hit one of those three. If Gasol shoots 33% from three, I think I, I'll take that. But that like, th- these are these are points thrown away. And yeah. then a lack of defensive effort is what allowed this game to slip away. The Raptors use their defense to fuel their offense, and I didn't see that today. The fact this game was only within 20 points with all of that missed, to me, is the positive I'm going to take from this. And that's what Nick Nurse should be saying to the boys in the locker room. Be like, crumple up the paper. If I had paper, I'd crumple it up. Throw it in the trash. Simple thing. Our defense needs to lead to offense. Fuel it. Stop missing open shots. This game could have been a lot closer if we had done those two simple things let's get to it yeah. because at the end of the day like that's all they really need to do i keep going back to it the raptors biggest stinker of the game of the year celtics one of the best games i've seen them play in a very long time the the gap is not as big as we think this is gonna be a long series i think so too and you know it, to, to give credit where it's due uh they were taking the open looks i'd be more pissed off if they were yes. passing them out yes, uh, yes they yes. were taking them and they were continuing to take them which is encouraging i'd rather see them you know try to rebuild that confidence because that's the type of team they are um which is fine a- again this is just one loss and it's the first loss that's why it sort of stings and again amplify that and compound that by the fact that it was by the boston celtics makes it a little bit worse um, but by no means do I think this series is over. By no means do I think that the Raptors can't bounce back from this. By no means do I think this is going to be a repeat uh, next game. I don't think the Raptors are going to get blown out, but adjustments need to be made. If they play defense the way they were playing, they're going to get blown out. They just are because the the Celtics were creating a, a ridiculous amount of space, finding open men just underneath in the perimeter. It was just ridiculous. Um I really hope that the adjustments can be made, and I do have faith that Nick Nurse has the ability to draw up some defensive scheming to benefit them in this regard. And I, and I hope that does uh, prove, prove itself to be true. Um, I'm just, it stinks, but I'm not worried for the trajectory of this series. I do think it's going to go seven. Um, and I do still think the Raptors can win this series. Um, but we'll see. But otherwise, um, I, I do want to close this out. I know we briefly touched on it a little bit. I kind of want to unpack this before we bounce. Siakam. Uh, He's got to play better, and and I'm sorry. I I know people love him. I know he's still blooming. We talked about this on the last show. How he's still developing. He's still young. I get it, but I don't understand the hesitancy. I don't understand the trepidation and not the just full go in there and and eat underneath. You're not a mid range shooter, and if you're not feeling it from three, 
post up. I don't want to see you driving to the lane because that's when you get all discombobulated. That's when you lose control of the ball. You're not a good ball handler, Siakam. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people want to think he is. He's not. Just because you bring up the ball sometimes doesn't make you a good ball handler. You're not. You over-dribble a ton, and you do a lot with these, these cute little crossovers trying to set up guys. That's not your game. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. If you're not feeling it from deep, post the fuck up because you were eating up Jalen Brown underneath. You were eating him up. You were eating up Marcus Smart underneath. Take advantage of those matchups. If you're up against Daniel Tice, I get it. You may want to kick it out, but at least kick it out. You might have someone open for a three. Don't force a shot. But this is not your game. Today, I am most disappointed in Pascal Siakam today. And again, I'm not going to blame the officiating. I know there were some horrendous calls. He had three in the first quarter. Three fouls in the first quarter. One of which I know was a little bit you know, debatable, but I expect more from a max player that started in the All-Star game. I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to hold back on it. 13, 34 minutes, 13 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. Shot 5 is 16 from the field, 3-4 from the line, 0-3 oh, three from 3. Uh, 2 steals, 2 turnovers, 4 fouls. Yeah. Um, minus 20 if we're going to bring into the minus. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not max player numbers. Uh, if If you had to pin one thing on somebody it's probably going to be pascal siakam uh he was not the player today that we had hoped that he would be um <laughs> like you're you're third on the team in scoring you're getting outscored by kyle lowry who didn't have a great night either high score uh, of the team though. <laughs> high score of the team 17 points uh serge Ibaka was second in on the team with 15 and i know offense isn't everything and i know pascal siakam is a good defender i get it but if you're going to be a max player and, and, and I, I, ha- I have this I have this argument on air and off air with you about Fred Van Vliet and and his and his contract and what I think he's worth versus what I what you think he's worth. Um, you, you brought up a great point in our debate today. You said, well, then how does that look for the Siakam contract? And as of today, the Siakam, like Siakam had a great start to the year. He had a great start. Yeah, he had, he had a great first half. He was an all star starter, deservedly so. And the second half of the year, just after that All-Star game, he kind of he had inconsistency. He was great one game and just eh, mediocre the other. But in the bubble, he has not been great. And we see this with him with these 15 point games, 17 point games, 19 point games. This was probably the pinnacle of, of the worst game of Pascal Siakam this year. I think this would be Pascal Siakam's worst game. Couldn't have come at a worse time. Uh, I, I thought that this matchup against the Celtics, I think I thought that he would fare a lot better because there's only Daniel Tyson there really to disrupt him. Like you said, he had the matchups. He had the, the Marcus Smart matchups. He, he had the Jalen Brown matchups where he was feasting down low. I don't understand why he didn't continue doing that. Attack, my guy. Attack. Be there. Go low post. If the double comes, you can kick out. You have the ability, you have the vision to kick out. I, I believe in him in terms of the the ball movement aspect of Pascal Siakam. I know he can do it. We've seen him do it, which is what makes him a great player. But there has to be better recognition on his end. If you're going to be a max player and you're going to get max dollars, you got to perform like it. So um, disappointing game all around. Fred Van Vliet was the second most disappointing player for me today. Uh like I said, he had, he had shot um, 2 of 11 from 3, 3 of 16 from the mm. field. 
11 points, four rebounds, eight assists. So I will give him credit for a little bit of ball distributing, but oof, three is 16 from the field. That's rough. He shot I, what? 17. What is that? 17 percent, 18.8%. Yeah. So about 19%. Look, I'm not going to excuse the, the poor production, but the Celtics had a clear goal of making everybody but Fred Van Vliet beat them. So yeah. I, I think there was a strong defensive focus on Fred Van Vliet. So I will say that some of these numbers reflect that. But as we mentioned previously, there were wide open looks that Fred Van Vliet had that he was missing. Um, I don't necessarily think that he was a turnover machine. What am I, he only had one um, compared to Lowry's five. Yes. I, I think he was just focused on defensively by the Celtics and I think that speaks a little bit towards the the lack of scoring and distribution even even right. though he had eight assists um but I, I I don't necessarily have a problem with that and that's not me you know defending it because you and I do have these debates about the contract and I'm not even really reflecting on that it's just more that when you have a Pascal Siakam on the team perf- producing the way he did today that speaks louder to, than what Fred Van Vliet did because there's a reason why the Celtics were like Pascal Siakam beat us you can't right right um I I am and and I know I know we're kind of trying to put a bow on this episode but there's one thing I kind of want to talk about yeah, and it's yeah. leading into it and it's Fred Van Vliet um are you concerned about Fred Van Vliet against the Celtics because looking back at him this year he hasn't been great against the Celtics. He had one very good game, but there are other games here. I'm, I'm going to pull them up on the fly. Uh, first game of the year, Van Vliet in 42 minutes, eight points, five rebounds, six assists, shot two of 11 from the field. Uh, which hold on, is hold on. Obvious. This is the first game against the Celtics? Not the first the... game against the Celtics okay, this year. All right, all right, first yeah. game against the Celtics this year. That was his stat line. Okay. Um, second game against the Celtics was a Christmas game where he played well. Uh, 27 points, four rebounds, six assists, shot 11 of 21 from the field, two of five from three. Great effort. Uh, the next game against the Celtics, which was on the 28th, uh, Van Vliet, 18 points, three rebounds, five assists, which looks fine on paper, but he was five of 19 from the field. Okay. So uh, the efficiency wasn't really there. Uh, and then the final game, obviously, against the Celtics, which was in the bubble, which I'm going to pull up right now. Uh, he shot, he had 13 points, four rebounds, four assists, shot four, 14 from the field, one of six from three. Similar to so, today then. Similar to today. So there's three out of four games. If you want to now bring in this game, that's four or five games where Fred Van Vliet has had a subpar to bad Fred Van Vliet performance against this team. To me for a season, five games is a significant sample size. Yeah. And, um, normally. Like I think I think there are a few matchups that are really bad for Fred Van Vliet. There was um, the the Philadelphia 76ers sub last year, like their Sands team last year with all of their lengthy defenders. Um, Milwaukee for for a bit is not a great matchup for him, even though I think he played well. I just don't think they're a great matchup against him and Boston. Mm. I don't think Boston of, of this year is not a great matchup for Fred Van Vliet and. I think that the team is going to really need to depend on him. And I think that the key to the series, as much as we've now focused on Pascal Siakam, and I completely agree he has to play at that level he needs to elevate. I think the key here is going to be Fred Van Vliet. He's had struggles against them, but he has had a great game against them. What Fred Van Vliet are we going to see moving forward? Because, the, like I said, the sample size is there. 
and mm. in, in the game in the game that uh, in the games that they need him in and in, in these in these key games in the last two in the last two important games if we want to call it quote unquote against the Celtics he hasn't shown up so what and, and I don't know what that is I don't know if that's just because Boston has really good guards and mm. can defend him well if they put Marcus Smart or even Jalen Brown on Fred Van Vliet um, those are two very stout defensive players. So I'm hoping that whether it's Freddie or the coaching staff or somebody can can look back and, and help him figure it out. But um, it's not a great matchup for Freddie. And I'm a little concerned about that moving forward. Yeah, this may be a cop out. Um, my response to that. Uh, should Fred Van Vliet, would the Raptors benefit with uh, better production from Fred Van Vliet? Absolutely. But again, like I said, with the defensive focus on him, um, I kind of put the onus on those around him, right? If Pascal Siakam shows up, I can allow the the Boston Celtics to sort of focus on Fred Van Vliet, right? At, at least initially. If Pascal Siakam is putting up awesome numbers to start the game, then that focus starts to tear away from Fred Van Vliet, and now everything sort of evens out, right? Everything sort of mobilizes back and forth between Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. So if the initial focus is going to be on Fred Van Vliet from the jump, the other players around him need to give the, Ra- uh, the Celtics a reason to focus on them and not Fred right. Van Vliet, right? And if they're not going to do that, the Celtics are going to just keep going with what's working, and that's focus on Fred Van Vliet and allow the other guys on the team to beat them. Um, so, yes, I am concerned in terms of the defensive prowess that the Celtics are exhibiting on for, uh, Fred Van Vliet. Am I concerned with him as a player against the Celtics? No, because I legitimately think he's trying, but their, their defense is just so good that they're shutting him down. And I don't necessarily. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that Fred Van Vliet is a superstar player that's going to be able to overcome that quite yet, right? And I, again, right. the size has a lot to do with it. The length that the Celtics have, and as you mentioned, mm-hmm. that's something that the Philadelphia 76ers had, the Bucks to a degree still have and had, even though Fred Van Vliet was playing well. But then again, yeah. the Raptors had Kawhi Leonard to sort of mitigate right. that. Um, the Celtics definitely have length, and that sort of limits Fred Van Vliet. So if the players around Fred Van Vliet are performing, that opens up the door for him to perform at an elite level as well, or at least close I, to an elite level. I completely agree. And um, it's it's going to come down to guys hitting open shots. Do that, it relieves. It's it's almost like a, like a floodgate, and then it relieves the pressure off of Fred Van Vliet because yeah. it's all there, and it's just built up. And if other players can help relieve that pressure, I think it creates a little bit more room and space for Fred Van Vliet. This is why I wanted OG to get the ball. This is why yes. I wanted OG to to like get him involved in more offensive possessions. Because to me, when I see that, when I see the way he's playing, he's very passive. He's just mm. kind of like, oh yeah, you can take the ball back. And 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 I would love to see. And I don't know if this is being echoed, so I'm not. I'm not gonna please blame anywhere and that this is not my intention here but i would love to see nick nurse or or a vet or one of the coaching staff say hey man let's get you involved like let's let's draw something up for you let's let's get you involved in this offensive play because what i saw from him on the offensive side of the ball today was really impressive like he had he had uh, 12 points he was four of six from the field one of three from three but four of six from the field he was making incredibly smart decisions and he only shot the ball six times that is that's the least amount out of any of the players not named Terrence Davis. Yeah, and the uh, the the main seven. Yeah, right, the main seven. That's to me that's unacceptable. OG and Anobi can be a great offensive player. We've seen it. We've seen the output that he can have. Let's get him involved a little bit more. Let's create 
more of a threat because the Celtics are seeing what's going on and they're seeing that heavy guard lean from Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. When Pascal Siakam struggles, they know Marcus Gasol is not going to hit a shot. They know OG and Obi is going to pass off the ball and makes them load up on the guards. Yeah. So let's get him involved because to me, he was one of the only guys that wasn't named Serge Ibaka for a, a fair share of the game that I could trust with the ball. Right. Yes. So, um, let's let's work on it please guys like I, I would love to get a little bit more movement with the ball and get other guys involved if that happens well I, I think that we'll be set um, I would love to see a little bit more OG and it'll be in on it and I think that opens up the door that opens up more space creates a little bit more opportunity for Fred Van Vliet for Pascal Siakam for Kyle Lowry right it's just everything's gonna happen because more attention has to be paid elsewhere yes That's yes it. which is what they're doing with Fred Van Vliet like what we just said yes um last point I want to touch on that we can head out um how many games are you giving Marcus Hall as, as a as a starting setter until you're Zero. you're yeah you're going game two I'm gonna give him one more he just no. hasn't been good in the playoffs so far he hasn't That's, been well there. Th- that's it. Game two is incredibly important. If you go down two nothing in the series, it's game over. Yes, series over. I agree. I, so uh, you uh, have to. I wouldn't uh, say that. Sorry, I, well, I take that actually, back. Well, I mean, like you know what? We we did go down against the against the box two nothing, uh, but we also had Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I, I would say it, it's going to be a. I still will never count this team out, but I'm giving Marcus All one more game to see what he can do. If he's not going to produce at a, at a high level, the vintage Marcus All that cuz we're all talking about skinny Gasol here. Okay, <laughs> let's see let's see what you can do. If you are getting posterized by, well not posterized. If you're getting outplayed by Daniel Tice, one more game you got. And if come game 3, I want Serge Ibaka in that starting lineup. Can we can we meet in the middle and say if Marcus Gasol is a terrible first 2 minutes, he's not going to get minutes? <laughs> no, I wouldn't Serge say Ibaka. minutes because I, I, I who, no, compared compare to Serge Ibaka. Sure, Serge yeah, Ibaka yeah, takes yeah, more than okay. yeah, 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 for sure. And you know, there was no sense of uh, any PNRs with Casal. I think right. they tried to do it with Casal. They weren't working. They weren't able right. to create the space, but they're at least trying to. I think this is a team that you have to move against. You have to have a lot of body movement, especially on the offensive end, in order to score against the Celtics. And if you're not going to utilize the PNRs and that's not Gasol's strong suit. That's definitely Serge's strong suit. If you're not going to utilize that, then you got to find someone that can, and I think Serge Ibaka. So I'm giving him one more game as a starter. One more game, eh? One more. Mm-hmm. This is game. Mm-hmm. This is the fifth game that he hasn't been producing as a, at a high level. And remember, okay. the, first ga- the first four, we've been playing against the Nets, right? So there's no excuse in there. I can excuse today because the Celtics are an elite defensive team, but that's why I'm, I'm more worried about game two because if he's not going to perform, you need to put someone in there that can score. Yeah, I, th- I think you're helping on my case. <laughs> what do you mean? I, th- I think you're helping on my case. Zero games. I think I think that it's time to do a shakeup. I All think right. Nick Nurse needs to send a message. Um, the play from the starting lineup today was unacceptable. It was unacceptable. And if that means slotting in Serge Ibaka, great. I'm not saying to to give Marcus All ten minutes in the game. That's no, not what no, I'm no, saying. Marcus All no, no. is still, Mar- yeah, Marcus All is still a great player. Um, Just switch the what roles. I like, yeah, what I what I like to see even a little bit of Chris Boucher minutes. Mm, not Maybe a, n- I, he doesn't have the body to go up against this team. He'll uh, get out. If they, he'll if get they run, if they run, yeah, but if they run a small ball lineup, like if the Celtics don't have. Daniel Tice out there and maybe don't have a Robert Williams and go out and small ball with like maybe Tatum as your center. I would run Chris Boucher and let the big boys sit. He's not a rebounder. 
I, I, I know, I know. And they, they did get a rebound, and I think they were minus 10 on the glass tonight. So um, that is a bit of an area of concern, which I didn't think actually would be. I did not think we'd be out-rebounded by that much. So that is a little bit concerning. Um, but look, the Raptors need to do something. Yes. They need to do, they need to do something. I think that it comes in the form of substituting Gasol for Ibaka. I really do. Okay. I think that's where, I think that's where it comes into all right, well, Game 2 will be held on Tuesday. I think it's a 5.30 start uh, tip-off time on Tuesday. Um, we doing a post-game? You want to do a post-game Tuesday night? Uh, of course. Oh, okay. I didn't is know if you sky, needed Is the sky blue? Uh, yeah, today it is. It's not gray. Yesterday it was gray here in Rhode Island, but today it is Actually, blue. Shit. Is it? Uh, I'm trying to look out the window. I can't see. Um, maybe it's maybe it's blue here. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm in my basement, so I can't. I'm in my basement, too. I feel you. All right. Um, well, having said that, then we will see you again at Game 2. Connor, you know the deal. First of all, thank you for hopping on. Uh, sorry we had to do this in such shitty circumstances, but I'm glad we are able to do it nonetheless. Uh, tell people where they can find you, and uh, you know the deal. Go ahead. Yeah. So you can find me mainly on Twitter at TO underscore sports views. Uh, if you want hot takes and great debates, you can follow me there. Uh, you can also check out the podcast, the TSV podcast. Um, I will look to do something with Adam on there soon. We're, we'll, we'll figure something out. <laughs> uh, I just don't know exactly what yet, but we will figure something out together. Uh, whether that's like a like a series recap or something, I don't know. Why don't, why don't, uh, we, why don't I, we do why don't we do game two on yours? Okay, sure. Do you want to do that? Sure. We'll 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 throw it back and forth. Yeah, there you go. We'll do game so two. So game so game two will, will be found on the TSV podcast then. So you can uh, if if you want to keep following along for our hot takes and our and our uh, interesting little debates that we have and you know everything that I like to throw in spicy, you can follow us on there. Um, and while you're there, I mean, I, I do have a, a website, TorontoSportsViews.com, but I. I'm not really active on it anymore. So I, I, I don't know why I'm plugging it as much. But like, hey, you can find some old articles about um, past seasons with the Raptors, uh, Blue Jays, Leafs, all that fun stuff. So uh, I encourage you to go, go take a look at those on those platforms. And um, but mainly Twitter is where you can follow me. That's where I'm most engaged in. So um, if you have any questions about anything, like maybe uh, maybe we throw out um we're, I know, I know. Adam and I were looking to do uh, a pre-game uh, thing for the Raptors Celtics. If anybody knows how to set up <laughs> pre-game, how to set up a live stream through Twitter via Skype for <laughs> everyone's like drawing down their notes yeah. through through on Twitter via Skype for a live stream we would love to do that and answer your questions because i know there's a lot of you that do have questions so um you find us on there that's our next little project that we're trying to figure out so if anyone knows the answer to that hey hit us up on one of our socials we would love to hear from you so uh that's that's about it for me it's finally all right. done all right well uh catch uh, the the game two post game on the tsv podcast uh make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and until then connor thanks for hopping on hey thanks for having me man appreciate it Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.